When it was just New York talking about a COVID passport, you, you, I did what I do. You were there. Made fun of him. Told him how ridiculous they are. Asked the question about, you know, uh, uh, what else are we going to have to show for? What, are we, what else are we going to have to put on this thing? Of course, a COVID passport is the idea that you have paperwork that proves you got a vaccine. And New York wants you to have this so you can get into a museum or maybe ride the subway, maybe even get into a restaurant. You got to show your papers. You don't have to get me started on the insanity of the idea of showing your papers and how wholly disgusting that concept is, how completely un-American the idea is, because, of course, it's disgusting and un-American. Now, this does fall into a theory. Something that we've discussed here many, many times. The idea is we're not having a conversation of a Republican view or a Democratic view. We're not having a, a, a conversation of a conservative view or a liberal view. No, 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 no. We're having a conversation of America and not America. That's the conversation being had. And that's the conversation being pushed forth by New York when they talk about this Excelsior Pass. Right, that's one of their one of their you know mottos, Excelsior. Um, they're, they're trust me, not in the cool Marvel way. Don't don't get me wrong. Tony Katz, great to be with you, Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter at Tony Katz. This COVID passport is a, is a, is a pathetic idea. We've talked about it before, and all of a sudden, you have Joe Biden talking about. A COVID passport. But let's take a step back. You have Joe Biden who is begging you, please, 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 if you are a mayor or a governor, tell everybody they have to wear a mask. I'm reiterating my call for every governor, mayor, and local leader to maintain and reinstate the mask mandate. Please, this is not politics. Reinstate the mandate if you let it down. And business should require masks as well. First, sir, of course it's politics. We don't even have to engage that conversation any further. The governor of Kentucky, Andy Bashir, is asking the governor of Indiana, Eric Holcomb, to reconsider the mask order. Because Holcomb has said as of April 6th, there will no longer be a mandate. It will be an advisory. Because the state should never be in the mandate conversation. But here's Joe Biden begging for people to wear masks. Well, if you want to utilize the bully pulpit as a way to tell people, I think you should wear masks, you're more than welcome to. I believe that is the proper use of the bully pulpit. And then we, the people, can make decisions all by ourselves. I always put power in the hands of the people as opposed to bureaucrats. Yes, they're the people, but they're not. Elected officials are not when we talk about uh, the, the hands of the people. If I was an elected official, I would not be discussing me in in discussing where we should have faith it should be in the citizenry that i represented of course that's it but this idea of a vaccine passport is a far different beast than whether or not you should wear a mask wearing wearing a mask which by the way so we're clear no you haven't proven the efficacy 
A mask clearly stops something, which is why we don't see the flu. But a mask clearly isn't stopping with strength COVID. Now, you could say to me, man, we might have a lot more cases without the mask. I guess it's possible. But we'd have a lot less cases if we all stayed locked in our house. So which way do you want to go with this? My point to you is, is that it isn't a cure-all as opposed to a vaccine, which is a vaccine. And when you tell society that even with a vaccine, they still have to wear a mask, that's when society says, we're done with you. We've had enough. We're finished. Well, not enough people are getting vaccines. Well, you started by telling them that even, telling them that even if they got a vaccine, uh, it wouldn't matter. You still have to wear a mask and still socially distance, still this and still that. People said, why even bother? Then you changed your tune because you realized your marketing was so outrageously ineffective. And then you still had trouble getting people vaccinated, but not real trouble, right? I mean, when we take a look, people are signing up, people are doing it. And yes, there are some people who feel strange about the vaccine or some people who don't trust the vaccine or some people, uh, they don't trust the government for nothing. Yeah, that, that, that group of people exists. And that group of people, by the way, is on the left and on the right. And they are white and they are black and they're Asian and they are Hispanic and they are Christian and they are Jewish and they are Muslim. They're people who just don't trust. But even the CDC recognizes that we're on our way to herd immunity which is going to be greatly helpful. But the idea of the vaccination passport says that if you don't have a vaccine, you can't get on a plane or on a train or you can't get into a restaurant or a bar or some other place. It is to say that we don't have enough people getting vaccinated, so we must carrot and stick this mother by saying if you don't have a vaccine, you will not be allowed access as a citizen of the United States. Can you tell me on what other subjects we do this? Even schools, for all they talk about vaccines, can have reasons why a kid not vaccinated can still be let in for religious reasons or what have you. And you have an opportunity to utilize a different uh, educational outlet. By the way, big moves in education uh, going on in West Virginia and other places. I should get into that. But I can't fly. I can't get into a museum. I can't go to a restaurant because you decided I haven't done the thing you want me to do. You know, I alluded it, uh, to it yesterday. What other things could you have to show a vaccine for? Do you have to show your gonorrhea vaccine? Or at least that you've had treatment? Because I don't think there's a vaccine for gonorrhea. Do I have to show on the card, does someone have to show on the card whether or not they've taken their treatment for HIV? Can you imagine if the American society during the height of the AIDS crisis said you have to show uh, that you uh, have had some kind of treatment for HIV before sitting in this restaurant? The lawsuits, the screaming, the yelling, the calls of bigotry, and it would all be accurate. By the way, I thought I was the only person saying that. I, I, I was on Twitter. Uh, Richard Grinnell, former acting director of national intelligence, said the same thing. I thought I was the only person who had come up with that one. Clearly, some people are thinking. 
when you break down this idea of a COVID passport, you realize that the conversation in America is between America and not America because the people pushing this passport idea don't believe in America. They don't believe in freedom. They don't believe in letting, leaving, uh, leading your life the way you see fit. They believe they have the right to know the personal details about you as you walk down the street and that you must provide your papers in order to gain access to the most basics of functions. It is obscene. And that Joe Biden would push this. Well, then again, I don't know what Joe Biden knows and doesn't know. I don't know if he's cognizant of these things. But it shows you that anybody who claimed that Joe Biden was a moderate was a liar from beginning to end. And we said so right here. I got some things wrong in this election. I said, Joe Biden, there was no way he'd be the nominee. I would not have known about COVID. That changed everything. I'll take the out. Thank you very much. I said... Point blank, and I have been proven right that the political left will not vote for a moderate. The moderates will vote for a progressive. The progressives will not vote for a moderate. And what they got in Joe Biden was somebody who was totally malleable. That's why it's called the Biden-Harris administration as opposed to the Biden administration. It's obvious that Joe Biden has signed his deal with the devil. And I'm not talking about Lil Nas X. Signed his deal with the devil. Just let me be president. I'll let you do whatever it is you want to do. Just please let me have the title. I'll do whatever you say. The COVID passport is as un-American and as obscene as anything we have thought of in a great long time. The idea that you're going to tell people they are not allowed to move freely around their nation without a piece of paper from the government confirming they're good people. And I'm not anti-vaccine. I am totally in favor of the vaccine. Go right ahead. Go get it. You don't want to get it? I'm not going to yell at you. Don't get it. You haven't heard me talk against the vaccine. You haven't heard me talk against uh, the people who've gotten the vaccine because I don't. The same way with masks. I don't talk against it. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not anti-mask. I just don't think government should be in the business of mandates. I know, actually having a, a, a principled view of these things in a world gone mad is a very difficult thing. It's you and me, baby. We're the only people left. So what do you do about uh, a COVID uh, passport? And the answer is you fight. The, the, the Biden administration is not only wrong, they're, they're obscenely wrong. And uh, I don't know who they actually think they are, but it's not how the country works. There's no amount of lawsuits. There's no amount of protesting. There's no amount of sit-ins on airplanes. Don't even let the airplane take off. Sit-ins around airports. A museum that says you have to have a COVID vaccine, you cancel your membership. Sorry, we're not going. We're not going. We're not buying into this. We're not going to support this. You monsters. And you're monsters if you go down this road.
Because what you are supporting is indeed not America. It is something else entirely. Now, maybe that's always been your sexual fantasy. Late at night when you're all alone in the dark of your closet, hopefully nobody will hear you. Maybe that's what some of these people have always dreamed of. Not us. Not us. If Delta wants to say you have to have a vaccine, you have to have this thing in order to fly, well, that's the end of Delta. If the FAA requires it, I can't necessarily blame Delta. Now, can I? There's a real problem with a society that is so willing to give up its rights, so willing to be abused by its government, so willing to be directed and controlled. And that is what's happening there, there are people out there who are going to say, oh, you're, blow, you're overblowing it. Oh, Tony, it's not so bad. Oh, you're being conspiratorial. Those are weak-minded people who have no place in any level of leadership in our society. And I'm sure as hell not going to leave the future of the society to somebody so weak. Neither should you. It's offensive. Offensive what it is that's happening and we are going to follow this all the way i'm tony katz george floyd trial continues witnesses being called and some of their testimony is indeed compelling very lost at the moment I mean, it's, they are able to paint a real, real story here. Very lost at the moment, and I was very nervous and not knowing what to do, and yes. And um, did you, in fact, um, stay around at the scene for a little while? Yes, I did. Okay. At some point, um, did you make a 911 call? That is correct. I did call the police on the police. And why did you do that? Because uh, I believe I witnessed a murder. I mean, that's going to have an effect, right? I would argue that's going to have an effect. On uh, on a jury, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you, Pete Buttigieg. He's the Secretary of Transportation. He's doing a little bit of the uh, backpedaling, and the backpedaling comes from his conversation about a mileage tax, about let's charge people for every mile that they drive. It'll be a great way to raise money for infrastructure. Just fantastic, I do tell you. Now, the problem here is that roads is you pay based on how much you drive. Uh, the gas tax used to be the obvious way to do it. It's not anymore. So a so-called vehicle miles traveled tax or mileage tax, whatever you want to call it, could be a way to do it. He also said it shows a lot of promise. The problem is that somebody got to him politically. So when he was asked this question by Jake Tapper, 
said also that a mileage tax showed, quote, a lot of promise as a way to help pay for the plan. Um, that tax would charge people for uh, how many miles they drive. Is that under consideration? No, that, that's not part of the conversation about this infrastructure bill. Uh, so just want to make sure that's, that's really clear. But you will be hearing a lot more details in the coming days about how we envision being able to fund this. And uh, again, uh, these are carefully thought through responsible ideas that ultimately are going to be a win for the economy. And now, why would he have changed his mind? If this had a lot of promise, if this uh, showed, uh, you know, uh, a lot of consideration, why aren't you using it? Well, maybe it's because he wants to run for president one day, and the last thing you want to be is the guy who said, let's charge people by the mile. Could very well be the problem. I I don't think it's the the best look for uh, the, the secretary. Now, I don't think that it's going to necessarily keep him from running for president in the future. I've also had people say that he's clearly going to take a look at the governor's mansion in Indiana. I don't actually think that. I, I, I don't. I would have no knowledge of it, right? I, pure speculation conversation for, for sure. Um, his, his life is national. It, it is not state level in Indiana. There is, there is no wild love of Pete Buttigieg in the state. There's certainly people who would be thrilled if he ran. Don't, don't get me wrong. But you can't say that there's a wild love of Pete Buttigieg in the city where he was mayor, South Bend. Certainly not from police. <laughs> certainly not from community members. I mean... I mean, that's just just the way it is. He's got his sights. And now the guy who was running his his campaign is now the chairman of the Indiana Democratic Party. So he has a machine. Has a machine that's growing and has capability in Indiana. But I don't I, I just everything's possible. I just don't see it. But pulling back on this. Look for it in other places of the infrastructure bill. Because just because they're not talking about it doesn't mean they're not trying to put it in there. A mileage tax. That's hating the American people each and every day. This is Tony Katz today. How did I miss this story, uh, a study from the CDC? I've, I, I apologize. I'm not quite sure how I could have in any way, shape, or form missed it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's a pleasure. And it's a study from the CDC that shows that 78% of people hospitalized for COVID were overweight or obese. Now, how long have we all been having the conversation about comorbidities? about what were the other things associated with COVID that led to issues? Things like hypertension, uh, things like diabetes, other issues. And we knew that weight was a part of it. We had seen these stories and heard these stories again and again. 78%? Okay, that's interesting data. That's very interesting data. 
and it tells a story about what it is this virus actually does and and how it has affected people. Why shouldn't we say so? Why should I live in in uh, terror and, and and a feeling of what the CDC current CDC director called impending doom? Impending doom, she said. That's what she feels. When 78% of the people Never mind the age, but we're also overweight to a level that absolutely could have affected them. Now, what we consider to be overweight, right? There's a whole conversation in that, right? There's definitely a conversation that can be had uh, in, 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 in that story. Because uh, if overweight is a BMI of 25 or more, obesity is a BMI body mass index of 30 or more, I'm not so sure that's how, uh, that's how people view it, right? I don't know if I would really look at someone like that and say, oh, they're really overweight. I think other things matter. Like, I don't know how tall they are, how proportion that is and is there a you know weight may not be a thing to overall health but at least this this gives us something this gives us something that that we can work with that we know there are other things involved that was not the only story i wanted to get to today one of the other stories I wanted to get to today was Kino. Do you, do you know what Kino is there, uh, Producer Ari? Uh, yeah, that was the name of the dragon that fought King Arthur. Uh, that, that, that's not it. Kino is, a, is, is gambling. Have you never played Kino before? Uh, I, I've never heard of it. Okay. Um, how, do you des- how do you describe to somebody what Kino is? You... You pick numbers and then numbers appear on, on, on a screen, right? You see this in bars a lot of times. So the numbers go from one to 80 and then everybody makes uh, their, their wager. 20 numbers are then drawn at random, right? Or they, they either pack, uh, appear random on a screen or there's a number generator or they're, you know, sometimes it's like picking a ball like uh, the lottery, right? And then each, each either bar or casino, whatever it is, has different kinds of, of payouts. And very often you see it in bars and it's just a way to totally lose your money at a bar. Nebraska is looking at putting Kino games on mobile phones. There's a bill to be able to do this and lawmakers, they're like, hmm, I don't know. Maybe because I just said it's, it's going to cost people a lot of money. Maybe, but let them play. Let them play. According to the city of of Bellevue, Kino has generated $7.5 million over the last decades. And that decade, that's one city. It's not the biggest city in the world. And they use it to um, upgrade parks and fund domestic violence abuse programs. Is there any question that gaming has taken hold in America? Indiana 
has allows uh, for for gambling, right? And uh, DraftKings and FanDuel and and uh, there, there's one here called Bet Rivers. My God, millions of dollars. People want to gamble. People want to bet. And they want to see whether or not they're going to end up with some kind of riches. They love it. So what what is it that that lawmakers are 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 really opposed to? They they say uh, as the story goes at kfornow.com, uh, opponents uh, talk about the the measures to expand gambling, and this is beyond what voters approved. Why? What, what 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 did they what did they approve or or not approve that says Kino is is out of the realm? One of the things that COVID has taught us is that people like these things. They want the ability to have liquor brought to their house, right? You know Drizzly. You know the app Drizzly. Have you ever used it, Producer Ari? No, I'm familiar with it though. Okay, right. So basically, uh, Drizzly is Uber for booze. You'd be like, I want this bourbon. And by the way, consult with me before you get any bourbon. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. I want this bourbon. And beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, beep. I assume that's how it works. And then, boom, the bourbon shows up at your house. That's drizzly. There are states that have now seen, as you, you uh, take a look at, at how people have operated during COVID, yeah, there's nothing wrong with a store doing package. There's nothing wrong with a restaurant uh, selling a, a, a bottle of wine uh, to go. Nothing wrong with it at all. Makes perfect sense. Then you have rules, like, for example, in Kentucky, where they're now allowing, allowing the distilleries to sell direct. Oh, ooh, this is exciting. Now you, you can go directly to them. Of course you should be able to do that. Well, Tony, if you do that, what about the liquor store? With all due respect, what about the liquor store? I am not angry at liquor stores. I've never been angry at liquor stores. But that argument that keeps coming up, what about? What do you mean, what about? Does the business have the right or the ability to sell, yes or no? I say yes. And I think that... A, a, a state or a city or municipality that wants to offer some kind of, of, of gambling can. Do I think it is a cure-all? No. And, and for the examples of that, head to Ohio. In Ohio, in both in, in Cincinnati and in Cleveland, they added casinos. Right in Cincinnati, or I think in Cleveland, it's it's directly downtown, but in Cincinnati, it's outside of town. I think that's the way I might have it wrong. It hasn't necessarily worked to bring about uh, economic growth. When there, there there was a conversation about Indianapolis, oh gosh, like five years ago, I can remember because there are some casinos in in Indiana, and there's been changes there to the rules and where they how they can move off of the boats and then onto land. It's a whole it's a whole rigmarole. And then some people with a hand in the cookie jar. It's been, it's been an interesting, interesting mess of, of, of what's going on. But there was talk of whether or not we should, you know, put a casino in in downtown Indianapolis. Now, if you've never been to downtown Indianapolis, uh, excellent, excellent city, excellent city. 
Very walkable, easy to get to everything. So you've got Bankers Life Fieldhouse where the Pacers play, Lucas Oil Stadium where the Indianapolis Colts play, and you can walk from any hotel to those places five minutes. It is a super walkable, awesome downtown. When the conversation came up about a casino in downtown, I was like, eh, 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 eh. I'm sure there'd be a little bit of excitement in it being used, but in the end, it's it's we we haven't seen as we've played this out in other places where it really becomes this this generator of, of economic opportunity for some of these other Midwest cities, right? But the keynote conversation isn't a conversation of a casino; it's a conversation of whether or not Jim's bar can offer it up why not and by the way if there's not a jim's bar there better be a jim's bar uh by the end of the day if if, if we could if duffy's tavern in lincoln wants to offer kino right there on o street why, why shouldn't they i'm not saying i'm not even saying they want to i don't know the people at duffy's I'm only making the argument that they should be able to offer it. If Arnold's Tavern on Havelock, am I pronouncing that right? Wants to be able to have Kino, why not? If your local bar wants to be able to have it, what's the issue? If they think it's a problem, they won't have it. That's their choice. By allowing the law... By allowing the opportunity, by creating the law, if, if you will, or removing the restriction, you give them opportunity. That's, that's exactly what you should be doing, lawmakers of Nebraska. So get on that and, and, and always pick 14. That's, that's my lucky number. I'm Tony Katz. I thought it was a a joke at first when I read uh, that people at Oxford wanted to do away with sheet music. I said, what an odd thing to want to do away with. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Scrapping sheet music seems very, very strange. You know what sheet music is. Right? You, you got a song, you're playing in the school band, you got the sheet music, and you got the notes there, so you know what to play. And it's not just you and the school band, of course, it's 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 professional musicians uh, at, at your symphony, and they got the music right there in front of them. Why in the world would you want to get rid of uh, such a thing? And the answer, of course, is white supremacy. makes perfect sense oxford university wanting to get rid of sheet music and end the focus on classical european composers claiming uh that if it doesn't that they are complicit in white supremacy why because a couple of diversity equity inclusion officers said so screw them I, I hate the fact that I have to be so uh, direct and, and, and focused uh, with, with the, these people. I, I don't know them personally. But when you take a look at what it is that they're putting forth, 
First, they don't actually believe in diversity and they don't actually believe in inclusion. They engage in exclusion and they don't believe in any diversity of thought. Right? Equity is just a made-up term uh, that they came up with to say you have to do X and you have to do Y and it all ends up in wealth redistribution. The classics matter greatly. And the people who want to claim that the music of Beethoven or, or, or Bach is, uh, is um, racist, well, let them lead their pathetic and sad life, lives, uh, or pathetic and sad life. I don't, I don't, I don't need to be uh, a, a, around them. Who needs them? Of what purpose do they actually have in a society doing away with classical music is such a radical radical notion to do away with this Why would I ever want to do away with Vivaldi? Doesn't even make any sense. It's an irrational idea put forth by an irrational mind. Because white people like it. It's not stopping anybody else from liking it. about uplift of the soul you want to say that's about racism we're not interested in your crazy we're not interested in the hellscape in which you want to live you want to lead a terrible awful miserable life where everybody's just as miserable as you and the answer is no the answer is no we want no part of it whatsoever no rational person does. There is nothing wrong with classical. And if Oxford doesn't want to teach such a thing, they don't have to. But anybody who says there's no place for classical, and there's no place for the classics, and no place for sheet music in, in their life or in anybody else's life, um, these are the people who burn books. That's, that, that's who they are. And, uh, well, they can't be allowed to be the ones in charge. No one can make them in charge. You can't make someone in charge who would get rid of this. Tony Katz today.